0: Today I'm out at Hampton Gates. This is the neighborhood that I'm developing as a real estate agent and as a real estate developer. What I want to do is use what's happening in this situation to share with you how you can add real estate to your portfolio and why it's a good idea at this time. Interest rates are extremely low. Um, Inflation is held back, uh, but real estate is appreciating and then we have the devaluation of the dollar as a result of all the stimulus money that's coming into the economy and there's an imbalance in many cases from one country to the other and the united states ends up being a very attractive place to put your money so Real estate's a good example of it. What I've got here is I've got three houses that I'm building. Uh, One of them's under contract, uh, and the other one we're in negotiations on. And then this house on this side over here, it's uh, not sold uh... but i'm contemplating going to the builder and actually buying it from him i'll finance it through a HELO loan against my home which is paid off and get an interest rate of roughly three percent and then i will show you how i'm going to do the research to make sure that this is a financially sound decision the advantage i have here is i can basically buy this house with somebody else's money. First of all, I'm going to borrow the down payment from the bank. And secondly, I'm going to find a good renter who's going to pay me over the next 30 years or pay my heirs over the next 30 years and um, buy the house for me. I basically am operating on the premise that the largest asset that most of us own right now is our home. So why don't we buy another one? Why don't we buy another home and let someone else pay for it? I'm gonna walk you through the process that I'm going through, how I'm identifying what the value of the house really is relative to the other homes in the neighborhood, what kind of rent it will support, and then what are the costs associated with it Project it out over the next 30 years, and is it or isn't it a good investment? I'm going to share that knowledge with you, and then I'm going to develop a course within the Best of Us Investors where you will have access to the same spreadsheets that I have and the same information. I think this is a particularly attractive offer uh, to someone who from another country, Let's say you live in Argentina and your dollar is devaluing and you'd like to get it into U.S. dollars. Well, there's no better place to do that than in a piece of real estate like this. So I'm going to explain that to you, and we're going to open up a whole new world of investing to you. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. The first thing I want to do is go to my MLS and find out what the houses are selling in the community that I'm looking at. So I've entered status of sold. Um, I'm, I know I want to be in the price range of three hundred dollars to $400,000, and I want to be in Irondale. I've entered the time frame of the last year, uh, February Uh, the first 2020 to current date and it tells me that 55 homes have sold so I push search and it shows me the homes that have sold in this area uh, over the past year and what you're going to see is they all kind of look alike because there's and they're all in this grants mill area this is a community a open field that has been developed over the last three years um, putting homes on very small lots and as you'll notice all the garage doors are facing the street uh, except for this one here down here in uh, Bain Ridge but nonetheless we can see that we we have a three-bedroom two-bath house we can see go over here and see that a three-bedroom two-bath house right actually across the around the corner from us was listed at uh, 374,000 and sold for 365. Then if we look uh, even further up at the the grants mill we can see that their houses are again around 356. So we know the house is priced right. We're we're in the ballpark relative to what the the community will support. Now what I want to do is find out how many homes are currently available for sale in this area. So I'm going to change this from uh, sold to active. And what I'm finding is that there is one house, one house that fits these criteria, uh, currently available. And let's see what it is. It's a it's a house in the. Um, the Barrington Court. This is uh, uh, again a zero lot line type community. It's up for 309. It um, has three bedrooms and two baths and its square footage is just a little over uh, 2,000 square feet. So our house is a little bit bigger than this and let's go down here and see it's been on the market for 14 days. So you can see this is a pretty short supplied market that uh, would be probably welcome uh, another home. This house was actually built in 2010 so it's a 10 year old home. Now I'm going to go and look at rentals and see what's available in the community for rent. I see there are three houses for rent. Here are the three houses for rent. Um, here's a uh, three-bedroom two-bath a three-bedroom one-bath and a four-bedroom two-bath so let's let's take a look at the three-bedroom not an attractive home something of a modern looking home and let's see how long it's been on the market for 12 days and the asking price is $13.96. I don't think this is competitive. Then the other house um, is a three bedroom, one bath. That again is, I know where that is. That's not going to be competitive. This again, I don't think is a competitive home. This home is up for $1,300 a month. It's been on the market for six days. So you can see there's not a lot available. So the next thing I want to do is go to this spreadsheet that I've created that'll give me basically... (laughs) a view of exactly is this going to be a profitable uh, endeavor or not. I believe I can buy the house for $325,000. I'm going to give a down payment of $42,000. There will be origination fees I'm estimating at $2,264. Closing costs of $500. So my initial cash outlay will be forty four thousand seven hundred and sixty four dollars now where will I get this money actually I'll borrow it I'll go to the bank and uh, take out a HELOC loan against my current residence and uh, borrow it probably at somewhere around three and a half percent actually I'm putting an interest rate down here of three and a quarter percent now all these numbers feed everything else I'm going to ask rent of $2,000 a month. I'm estimating that I'm going to have a 10% vacancy, um, which would be roughly uh, one month of vacancy. Um, That will give me an operating income of $1,800. I know the property taxes. I was able to go to my uh, real estate uh, and, and I can also go to the county records and I can find out my property taxes are going to be about $1,400. I've already got a quote on insurance at about 550 And then um, I'm figuring at a, at a percentage management fee uh, of pro- approximately 2% that um, I will be uh, paying uh, for for management of the property. In actuality that probably won't happen. I live closely to the property uh, I am probably manage myself. I've allocated a hundred dollars a month for maintenance I'm basically going to pay my yard man fifty dollars every two weeks to go cut the grass. Um, HOA dues are about twenty five dollars a month so my operating expenses are three hundred and fifty nine dollars and my mortgage payment I have calculated at one thousand two hundred and seventy one dollars so I've got a positive cash flow of one hundred and seventy nine dollars and eighteen cents a month this isn't really important to me I want to break even but I'm not looking personally for cash flow here I'm looking for building equity and creating a tax write-off, and that's what's happening here. Um, my, I'm, I've calculated by breaking my payment down into interest and in princi- principal. I've actually calculated how much of that principal, on a monthly basis, will be going to principal reduction and how much of it will be going to to interest because the principal reduction is building me equity who's reducing the principal my renter uh, and the interest expense is actually a tax deduction against my other income so i'm winning on two fronts there i'm i'm creating a tax savings and i'm also creating a a increase in my equity. At the same time, I'm depreciating the property so that I'm getting um, benefits of both, here we're seeing, both tax savings and depreciation. Uh, so it becomes a very positive situation. What I'm tr- taking advantage of is low interest rates. That is, I can borrow this money for 3.5, to 5%. I'm taking advantage of inflation and that is to say I'm estimating that the house is going to increase in value at three percent per year which is very conservative I'm also taking advantage of the fact that the dollar is is, um, defla- is is losing value, but I'm borrowing that money at a fixed rate of 3.25% over 30 years as someone else is making my payments. Now, what is critical here is that I have a house that is rentable, and I have a uh, renter who is, in fact, um, able to make his rental payments. I have two ways of taking care of that. I can take care of that myself by running a credit check, by visiting the new renter's home where he lives now to see how he takes care of his property, or I can hire a management company to do that for me. That's a decision I have to make. But what I'm really going for is I start this whole process with an investment and that's right here of uh, $44,764 and that's my equity. At the end of the first year as a result of me paying down the loan or I should say my renter paying down the loan and appreciation, I have gained roughly $5,500 in equity. If we carry this forward, you can see after one, two, three, four, five years, my equity is up to $100,000. What has this cost me? This has cost me the earning potential on the forty four thousand seven hundred and sixty four dollars that possibly i could have put into the stock market might that it have increased at a greater rate in the stock market sure it might have but then again it might not have the value of this is i've leveraged and bought and i'm borrowing this house or or i'm borrowing to finance this house at a, I believe it's about an 80-79% uh, um, borrowing rate, and the bank is not reevaluating the house every day like the stock market would, like my broker would, if I were buying the the a stock uh forty four hundred thousand or three hundred and fifty twenty-five thousand dollars worth of stock with four hundred and seventy. Uh, for 44,764 dollars of my money invested, they're not—they're not going to give me a margin call on this house. If the stock, if the real estate market goes down, I don't get a margin call. As long as my renter keeps paying, and if I've done my work up front, he's going to keep paying. I have an appreciating asset, and over the long term. It's going to be stable, it's going to grow, and I'm going to come out very, very favorably um, in my equity. And eventually, I end up owning the house. Uh, I would guess at the end of 30 years, this house will double in price. So my uh, $325,000 investment turns into a $650,000 free and clear investment and uh, it has worked out quite well for me. Okay, let's review what we've done. We've, We've identified a piece of property that we think is going to appreciate in value. We've also identified a neighborhood that we think is ripe for rental property. We only could find two houses that were actually for rent and they weren't on the market long. So I don't think I'm going to have much difficulty renting this house, but you gotta do the legwork. You gotta do it. And then we went through the numbers to see if it worked. That is, that is critical to just go buy a house and hope that everything falls into place is, is not smart. It's just like buying stocks. You got to do your research and you got to know what's going to happen before you jump into it. The other things we've got run, going in our favor is we're in an, a property inflationary environment. That is, there's a shortage of property. And so we know that the pro- value of the property is going to go up. We're taking advantage of leverage that is to say that we're going to borrow the money to buy this house at an extremely low interest rate probably as i said three and a quarter percent that's unheard of and then i'm locking it in for 30 years so no matter what happens to the dollar if the dollar devalues then my the value of my house goes up proportionately so and i'm locked in at a three percent rate in today's value dollar so that is a win then the the fact is it's a fixed rate mortgage make sure you get a fixed rate mortgage because interest rates may go down a little but they don't have any room to go down very far so you want a fixed rate the other thing and i want to kind of expose my audience to if you're a foreigner and you want to you're in a country where your dollar is devaluing substantially, at least faster than the U.S. dollar. There's no better place to, to park your money than a house like the one I just showed you. And if you're having difficulty, I can connect you with someone who can help you find a similar prop- uh, proposition here in the United States. This is how you make money. It's, it's a very passive way of making money. I think the thing I really like about it the bank is i'm I'm so leveraged, that is to say, I'm borrowing every dollar that I to, to buy that house. I'm putting my house current house up as equity, and uh the bank, unlike the stock market, is not going to give me a margin call. They don't reevaluate the house price on a daily basis and say, Carrie, you are 70% leveraged into this house and um, you gotta come up with some more money or we're gonna sell the house out from underneath you like they would in the stock market. No, no no one's going to go out and reappraise my house six months, eight months, uh, 10 years from now. As long as my renter makes the payments and I make the payment on the mortgage, we're good to go. So I think you as an investor, as a serious investor, this is an avenue for you to grow your portfolio substantially. Again, I come back to it. 90% of the people in the world's largest asset is their home. So why don't you buy another one and then get somebody else to pay for it? But you got to do the work. You got to do the legwork. Now I'm going to put a class in best of us investors uh probably right shortly after the 1st of March and I'm going to make give you access to a step by step process and then give you access to the spreadsheets so you can plug the numbers in and you can know before you go forward whether this is a good investment or not so That's how to get real estate into your portfolio. That's how to become a smart investor. If you like this kind of video, if you want to expand your knowledge, go to bestofusinvestors.com. Sign up. Give me your name and your email address. I'll connect you to the Discord, and that's where we'll give you access to not only how to get into real estate, but we're going to work on classes on how to say keep more of what you make by understanding your tax code. And by the way, if there's any of you in Canada who understand the tax code because it's different in the United States, get in touch with me because I have a good following in Canada and they'd like to know how to keep more of what they make. But our ultimate goal is what? Gather $24 million between you and your spouse That you can pass on to your heirs because that's what the United States tax code allows us to pass on uh, income, estate tax free. Okay, I'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Kerry Grinkmeyer, best of us investors, thumbs up, ring the bell, and subscribe.